The views, opinions, and findings contained in this podcast are those of the host and subject matter experts. They should not be construed as official Department of Defense positions, policies, or decisions unless designated by other official documentation. Hi, welcome to the fourth season of Clinical Updates in Brain Injury Science Today or CUBIS, a podcast for healthcare professionals about current research on traumatic brain injury, also known as TBI. This program is produced by the Defense and Veterans Brain Injury Center, otherwise known as DIVBIC. I'm your host today, Don Marion. Today, I'll be speaking with Amanda Gano. Amanda and I will discuss a study entitled Improving Concussion Education, Consensus from the NCAA Department of Defense Mind Matters Research and Education Grand Challenge. Uh, this article was written by Emily Crocious and her colleagues and is published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine in September of 2020. So hi, Amanda, and, and thanks for bringing this article to our attention today. I guess my first question is, what exactly is the NCAA DOD Mind Matters Grand Challenge? Yeah, Don, that's a great question. So the Mind Matters Challenge is, it's part of the NCAA Department of Defense Grand Alliance, which is an initiative that was launched in 2014 with funding from both the DOD and NCAA for grants to advance understanding of how to change culture, attitudes, and behavior in young people about concussions arising from sports and military-related activities. So the goal of the program is to improve concussion awareness education programs delivered to student athletes, service members, and their influencers so that all clearly understand that concussion is a serious medical condition that requires appropriate treatment, just like any sort of knee injury, eye injury, or broken bone, and that they act accordingly. Okay, um, so that's helpful, and it's great to see that collaboration between uh, the National Collegiate Athletic Association and the Department of Defense for this common problem. Uh, so can you, can you tell us a little bit about this study? Sure, Don. So this article is actually a consensus statement, and it summarizes 17 different recommendations that were designed to increase concussion symptom disclosure in collegiate athletes at NCAA schools and also at military service academies. Um, so, you know, I think this article is really important to cover because early disclosure of concussion symptoms has the potential to improve clinical outcomes. And just like in the sports community, the military community sees a lot of underreporting or delay delayed concussion reporting and, you know, for a lot of similar reasons. In sport, an athlete may not want to let down their team, and really the same thing goes for a military setting. Service members are part of a unit and a lot of times will delay reporting just to stay in the fight. But, you know, early concussion reporting can really help target management and treatment and reduce the likelihood that the patient will develop chronic post-concussion symptoms. So it's very important. So there are a lot of other consensus statements out there in regard to concussion, the Berlin consensus statement being the most well-known, but none of them really cover concussion education strategies and ways to increase early concussion reporting amongst athletes and service members. So these guidelines were developed in this manner because, you know, there's a lot of growing research out there about predicting disclosure behaviors about concussion, but there's just not quite enough data yet to perform a meta-analysis or a systematic review. So they used this consensus process um, using the Delphi method and developed these recommendations. 
So that makes a lot of sense, Amanda. And I guess this, the Delphi method, by that you're referring to going back and forth several times until consensus is reached by a, a group of experts. Is that right? Yes, correct. It's yeah. a systematic way to, to come to a consensus. Right. Okay. So who were the participants in this consensus process? Yeah, so the participants were attendees at the June 2019 Mind Matters Task Force meeting, and they included academic researchers that were funded by grants. They included individuals who develop and implement concussion-related policy and programming. So these are people like athletic administrators across different levels of competition in the NCAA and also like military health officials. And then they also included stakeholders that are affected by these recommendations. So coaches and athletes across different levels of competition and military service members. So um, I think that was really great. The participants in the consensus process, they attended a meeting that was hosted by the NCAA and the Department of Defense. And like I said, it, this occurred in June of 2019. And in preparation for this meeting, there were nine grant-funded research teams that shared presentations of the core findings of their research programs related to understanding and increasing concussion disclosure among athletes or military service members. They pulled statements from their research programs that were initially reviewed, and they created these 12 provisional recommendations. Uh, next, the group met again, and they refined those recommendations and actually added an additional 12. And then they pared those down by voting on the usability and the feasibility of each recommendation which is very important. Um, and in the end, the group achieved consensus on 17 different recommendations regarding concussion disclosure. So, so it sounds like they gave a lot of thought to each one of these recommendations. Uh, so what exactly were they? Yeah, so I'm, I won't go through and read, you know, all 17, but we will include them in the link to this episode. But the recommendations, they separated them into five conceptual domains. So the five domains were the content of concussion education, um, dissemination and implementation of concussion education, uh, other stakeholder concussion education, team level and unit level processes, and then organizational processes. So a few examples from each of the domains um, in the concussion education content recommendations, they included really emphasizing short-term benefits of early concussion symptom disclosure, whether that's athletic, academic, or occupational. And then also what is known about long-term manifestations of concussion and head injury. In the dissemination implementation category, um, the recommendation is to really actively collaborate with organizational stakeholders, and this includes um, coaches and commanders and primary health care providers and, you know, a military chain of command to select education approaches that are engaging and interactive and that foster a discussion. With other stakeholder education, it was recommended and important to provide coaches or leaders in the military chain of command with evidence-based concussion education that's aimed at supporting athletes and service members in concussion symptom disclosure, and then, um, you know, providing frontline medical staff with strategies on how to engage coaches or, or military leaders or military chain of command in supporting these athletes or service members in disclosing concussion symptoms. 
And then finally, in the organizational processes, you know, actively collaborating, this is kind of a common theme here, actively collaborating with organizational stakeholders. So again, those coaches, the leaders in the military chain of command, primary healthcare providers, to help identify some of the organizational barriers uh, that exist in concussion symptom disclosure. All very interesting, Amanda. I wanted to point out that, uh, you know, I know you're uh, leading a, a group that's uh, updating the progressive return to activity clinical recommendation uh, that DIPIC produces. And I noted that one of the uh, new products that you've included with that is the uh, PRA leadership guide or the progressive return to activity leadership guide, which seems to me to really uh, align well with the other stakeholder discussion education that this group is uh, promoting and will help to uh, educate leaders about uh, concussion so that they understand when their uh, charges have to go through the PRA uh, process. So Amanda, another thing I noticed was that in these recommendations, there's not a strong focus on the consequences of not reporting or of uh, sustaining a second concussion before fully recovering from the first. In other words, uh, and unlike some previous uh, tactics, uh, there's no attempt to scare the person into reporting. Is that right? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and so the focus here is really clearly on affecting the determinants of behavior at multiple different levels. So really including the military chain of command and including leaders and um, processes at the team, unit, and organizational level. And this is a stark contrast to the traditional view of concussion education as something that's really only delivered to the service member or to the, ath- to the athlete at a single time point, like at the start of a sports season or when they first enter um, the military or before, right before they go on deployment. So I think that this will be much more effective than some of those fear-based techniques that have been used in the past. Sure. Um, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Amanda. So finally, uh, what are the key takeaways here, Amanda? Um, Sure, Don. So, you know, I think it's really important that concussion education includes uh, both short-term benefits of early symptom disclosure and an understanding of the potential dilemma that an individual may face when deciding whether or not to disclose a concussion. And also improving concussion disclosure will require more than just improving the content of concussion education for the athlete or the service member. It will include attending to how the concussion education is disseminated and implemented and ensure that the the organizational processes really positively reinforce rather than undermine concussion education messaging. So I, I like that last statement, Amanda. The positive reinforcement makes a lot of sense to me. This is a great study with obvious clinical implications for our service members. So I really appreciate your bringing that to our attention. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. You can stay up to date on future episodes of Cubist by subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts, where you can also find links to the articles we discuss and other relevant resources. Cubist is produced and edited by Vinnie White and was hosted today by me, Don Marion. It is a product of the Defense and Veterans Brain Injury Center, led by Division Chief Captain Scott Pine, Medical Corps, United States Navy. Thank you for listening to this episode. Next time, we will discuss TBI research getting attention in the mainstream press. (laughs) 